if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Allow me to explain. It's free, and we all love free stuff. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, free agency is about to start tomorrow. Will be the period opening for free agency. This is a free agency NHL preview podcast. Matthew Zader joining me at Matthew Zader SC on Twitter, head of prospects, NHL draft. Just did a tremendous job covering the entire thing for the hockeywriters.com. Lead writer for the Vancouver Canucks as well, host of the Canucks Pucks podcast. Matthew, how you doing? Mm-hmm. A lot of crazy stuff's happened the last few days, so i excited to get talking about it. I mean, this has been uh, just an insane amount of movement that we've seen before the free agency period opening, probably the most in a very long time. I mean, you look at the huge buyouts, the big trades, the um, a lot of buzz around the league about you know what could happen when the free agency period opens. I think that... In a, in a salary cap era where it's flat right now, I think that's spurring a lot of movement, and we'll see, you know, how everything goes down. But we'll start with some trades that happened, uh, you know, on draft day. We haven't really done anything podcast-wise on here since then. So, you know, I think that if you look at it right now in terms of the trades that we've seen, we've seen some trades that have been looked at as steals for one team. There hasn't been very many trades viewed as uh, fair for both sides, at least mm-hmm. – uh, from what I see, but we'll start with a couple here. Uh, first of all, the Ristolainen deal. Um, we'll, we'll package these for the Sabres. You know, Ristolainen to the Flyers for Robert Haig, the number 13 pick, uh, and then the 2023 second round pick was that trade. And then you look at the Reinhardt trade, it's kind of like they didn't get enough for Reinhardt and they got too much for Ristolainen. The yeah. Reinhardt deal, obviously, him going to the Panthers for Golton or Devon Levi. Um, and a conditional 2022 first round pick. So what do you think about the Sabres moves there and how they uh, worked out? Well, I mean, once that Ristolainen trade went down, it's like, well, they're they're picking own power. And uh, that's exactly what happened. So, I mean, those trades, yeah, like you said, I think the Reinhardt deal, they didn't get enough for him. And then the Ristolainen deal, I think they got just way, they got a lot. And I think the Flyers kind of overpaid, um, to get Ristolainen, there's just a lot. I mean, the number 13 pick is it's big in itself, I think. Uh, and I, mean, I don't think Ristolainen is worth that much, but uh, the Sabres needed to do some stuff and we'll see how it all shakes down. They have a lot of cap space for free agency now. Yeah, I think for the for the Sabres uh, and where they're headed, I'm not even sure if they're going to trade Jack Eichel at this point. I think we'll touch yeah. on that later, but it just seems like the asking price is so high, and I think there's very few teams that are willing to do it and go for it. I think you look at, you know, Vegas could be a team that really goes for it. They obviously have the pieces to do it, and I think they have the willingness to trade significant draft picks to do it. But other than that, it just seems like, you know, the asking price is so high. But I do like what they got. For Ristolainen, obviously, they got a lot back. And I do think Ristolainen will play better in Philadelphia than he did in Buffalo, but I don't know how you really justify that. Philadelphia's been a very active team. Uh, we'll just get uh, their trades out of the way here. They did trade uh, – they traded Voracek to the Blue Jackets for Cam Atkinson. I love this trade for Philadelphia. What mm-hmm. do you think? Yeah, that uh, Atkinson, I don't know how he felt about leaving Columbus because he's been – 
really loves playing there. So I don't know how, how that went down, but uh, Voracek returning to the team that he was drafted by, uh, I mean, later in his career now, but uh, yeah, I'd say the Blue Jackets lost that trade. I think, I mean, we'll see how Voracek does, but uh, yeah, overall as a one for one trade, I think the Flyers won that. Yeah. I think that, you know, right now um, viewing the Flyers offseason, it's been kind of insane. Uh, all the pieces that they've added, you know, they, They've done a lot of things to bolster their blue line, which was horrendous last year. I think there's no, you know, two ways about that. They obviously brought in Ryan Ellis. We saw um, earlier before the draft, and they bring in Ristolainen, and then they bring in Atkinson. So I think Voracek will be pretty good still um, in Columbus. I think him playing with Patrick Laine makes a lot of sense. Uh, I think that would work pretty well. We'll see who's centering that line. Uh, remains to be seen, but. Uh, the let's go to a couple that happened today and then we'll get a couple more out of the way just real quick the Hurricanes traded uh, Jake Bean to the Blue Jackets for the number 44 pick the Capitals traded a 2022 second a 2023 second for uh, Brendan Dillon of the Jets Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights a big move today trading Marc-Andre Fleury uh, to the Blackhawks for forward Mikkel Hakarainen, who for some reason is still going to play in the Blackhawks AHL team despite his contract being owned by Vegas. That's very weird. Uh, Flurry, considering his future, could retire. What do you think about this move? Yeah, it was kind of surprising, but you know, looking at Flurry may retire, it's it maybe not as surprising to me. If he does retire, that's isn't it more cap circumvention again? I mean, all this stuff where now now if he retires, there's you know the, there's no cap and. Vegas kind of gets away with uh, with that getting rid of uh, a lot of cap space and Chicago's going to get nothing for, for this. So I don't know. Uh, we'll see if Fleury plays for the Blackhawks or he's just going to retire. Uh, we'll see how all that all shakes out. But uh, it was an interesting trade. I think Vegas is continuously getting a reputation for not being uh, or not going about their business properly. Like I think we've yeah. seen that and that's kind of the reputation they seemingly have around the league. But uh, they're just a team that seems like they're all Stanley Cup or bust. They do a lot of different things to to win the Cup, and uh, obviously we've seen them be that way. But, you know, trading a Vesna Goldsender, who's a fan favorite, whether he's owed $7 million this year or not, is not a good look not telling him either. I mean, that's just a no, bad right. look for Vegas, and I don't like the way that they went about that. But uh, real quick before we came on, your team made a trade. We'll get into the yeah. other trade from earlier in the week. Uh, later, but Nate Schmidt to the Jets for a 2022 third round pick. Nate Schmidt had to waive his no trade. We knew that he was going to get traded at some point. He still got four years, $5.950 million per year left on his deal. And uh, the Canucks have to figure out the Pedersen and Hughes deals. Like, that's a huge thing that has to be done. And I think that they have a number for Hughes. I think you look at the Hayes going to deal the McCarr deal. I think he could come in around that. Uh, number maybe a little less we'll see but they did sign uh connor garland who they traded for um earlier in the week to a five-year 4.950 million dollar deal and then we'll just say they traded uh they got from the coyotes oliver ekman larson's contract which is a big one and Connor connor garland uh, and then going back to arizona was the contracts of russell beagle and erickson the number nine pick which um i can't remember who was drafted there uh, uh dylan ganther 
All right, yeah, good pick there. They got at number nine, but uh, definitely a, a value pick there to get a guy like that who was ranked in the top ten for most at number nine, uh, and then a twenty twenty two second, a twenty twenty three seventh. So, all of that. What do you make of the Canucks' moves over the last couple of days? Um, it's a lot of cap space moving around, and I mean, I I'm just a belief that Alec Van Larsen is going to help the Canucks in the long run. Uh, Connor Garland's a great pickup number for the contract i i actually like i mean he's 25 years old it's for five years it gets him to his third when he's 30 i i think he's gonna just gonna keep getting better playing with horvat and hoglander potentially i think he's gonna help the top six ekman larson's gonna help the puck movement he may not get what he was before and he may not be worth the money but he's worth that money more than louis erickson roussel and beagle so I think getting rid of all those contracts was a huge move. Uh, they did take back a huge one. I think Ekman Larson is going to help the Canucks a lot more than Erickson. Uh, his $6 million was. So overall, I like that. Those trades that the Canucks did, I think they're going to help in the long run. Um, a lot of people, you know, all over Twitter is kind of, you know, I don't want to kind of get into Twitter right now because it's just a bit of a mess. But I, I think I think overall they were, they were a good deal in the, present and in the future. Yeah, I think Garland, a a 4.950 is a good number if he can stay healthy. Um, I think that'll work. Uh, But like I said, Pedersen and Hughes have to be the next priority. And I I wouldn't be shocked if Pedersen got an offer sheet. I don't know who would do it, but I wouldn't be shocked if it happens. But that being said, if he did get an offer sheet and he did sign it, I mean, there's almost a 0% chance that Vancouver wouldn't match it. So yeah. They're going to match that, but uh, we'll see. The other trade before we get into some other stuff was the Rangers trading uh, winger Pavel Buchnevich to the Blues for Sammy Blaine, a 2022 second. The Blues extended Buchnevich today at four point uh, at four years, 5.8 mil per year. As a Blues fan, love the move. I think this makes a lot of sense for them in the top six. They're going to lose Schwartz. They're likely going to lose Hoffman. Tarasenko being traded remains to be seen, but uh, Buchnevich, you know, you look at his numbers. 48 points last year, tremendous two-way forward, still young. I think it makes a ton of sense for them. Uh, what do you think of that trade? Yeah, the Bushnevich was actually rumored to the Canucks as well. I, but I don't know what the return, the return seemed crazy to me. Horvat was kind of talked about in that. Um, but, I mean, yeah, for the Blues, it was a good move. I think he's going to help out the top six. And, uh you know, for that, like you said, Schwartz is going to be gone. Tarasenko most likely is gone. And Hoffman is most likely gone. So they're going to need some help there. I think they're probably going to still get the agency as well. Um, but, yeah, I like that move. All right. Uh, let's do a couple things on the drafter before we preview free agency. Um, what did you make of the way that the – overall first round fell like just a couple things that I'll point out here okay you had some guys jumping up a lot Tyler Boucher going 10th nobody saw that coming um you had Zachary Bulduk rising up he was more of a guy ranked in the mid-20s to mid-30s gets picked at 17 to St. Louis you had Chaz Lucius falling into Winnipeg's lap at 18 you had Sebastian Kosa being the first goaltender off the board to Detroit at 15 you had Jesper Wallstadt falling to 20 to the Minnesota Wild. You had a guy that you pegged for the Canucks going to the Bruins, Fabian Lysella, 21. Then you had uh, other moves like Lambos. I mean, Lambos and Wallstead in the first round. If you're Minnesota, you're thrilled uh, with that. But um, then you had Nolan Allen with a huge jump 
to 32 to Chicago. What did you make overall of the first round and what stood out to you? Yeah, all those moves are crazy. I think, you know, as you got into the first round there, it was kind of expected up until probably 10. Uh, after the 10th overall pick, it just went out the window. You kind of had guys going all over the place. That Tyler Boucher one was a bit of a surprise, um, you know, jumping from the second round uh, to the first. I don't know. 10th overall seems high for that for Boucher. I mean, he's going to be a good player, but I don't know about 10th. Uh, Kosa was a big surprise to me going before Wallstad. I had Wallstad at the 11th mark and going down to 20. I don't know what. Not saying Kosa is not going to be a good goaltender. I think he's going to be a great goaltender. So, but I think Wallstead dropping to Minnesota that that was just a a steal in my mind. They're good, you know. They have they do have a young goaltender in their system, but not as good as what Wallstead's going to be. So, I think that was a huge move dropping down to them. I think they were really surprised that they got him. I, there were really a lot. I mean, we'll go into the after the first round. There's even more craziness. So. Yeah, overall, I think that first round started the craziness and just continued into day two. I think that William Eklund falling to San Jose um, oh, might be the best first. pick of the first. <laughs> yeah, he might. That might be the best pick of the draft. Like that is a potential star who's probably going to be ready sooner rather than later falling into your lap at seven. A guy that was projected to go anywhere from one to three. Um, and then McTavish jumping up. I expected McTavish to jump up, but him going through is a bit of a surprise to me. But, um, you know, after that, you look at what happened in the, you know, second and third round, the fourth round. And, I mean, a couple names here that fell out of the first round. And surprisingly, as far as some of them fell, you had Atu Ratu falling 52nd to the Islanders. You had Sasha Pastujov falling 66th to Anaheim. That's a guy I had in the top 20. And he had Simon Robertson falling to my uh, St. Louis Blues at 71, which I think is a perfect, perfect pick. And rarely do you see a situation where, like the Blues, they got a potentially better player in the draft rankings in the third round than they got in the first round. That's a weird situation there. But um, what did you make of, you know, those three and other players that fell um, into the second and third and fourth round rather than, you know, projected going in the first? Yeah, it's after that first round, it's it got crazy. I passed the job. I'm like, why is he not getting picked? He's going all the way down to 66. Uh, Ratton went to 52nd, like you said. I mean, he was supposed to be a first overall pick not that long ago, and he's dropping into the bottom half of the second round. Uh, Robertson was a huge drop to me. I, I had him pegged in the first. Uh, and it's like, it, it was crazy. Dylan Duke went really far down to the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I think he's going to be like a Braden point uh, and, you know, save this podcast because I, I believe in the next five years, we're going to be talking about Dylan Duke at the at Tampa Bay lightning and he's going to be a star. So I, I feel, I don't know why he dropped so far and why some of these guys dropped. Um, I think those are the main guys, but there was a lot of movement around guys that, you know, kind of were off the radar and a lot of rankings going in the second, third rounds. And that's why we had, you know, at Hockey Writers there, we didn't have profiles for some of these guys because they weren't supposed to go in the top 100. So it was an interesting draft all around, I think, with all the movement. And we'll see how it all pans out and in the next few years. I mean, I, I wrote a piece on Ivan Vorobayov, who is the seventh round pick by the Blues, and there was literally no information on him other than his point total in the MHL last year. So yeah. uh, there was a lot of picks that were, 
not even close to being on the board. But was anything in the first round as surprising to you as the Igor Chinigov pick by Columbus last year? No. I mean, you know, the biggest jump was Boucher, and he was supposed to be in the second round. It's not like yeah. he was way off the board that no one knew about him. I I think that was the only real jump in Nolan Allen, 32nd, not really. I mean, he was a jump, but not as a crazy of a one. I mean, he was supposed to be in the second, third round as well. I mean, it was a surprise to go at 32, but the Chinnikov one was just off the board craziness. No one knew who this guy was. Uh, I think, yeah, there was not, none of those picks. I thought maybe Danila Klimovich would jump into the first round. He got picked by the Canucks in the early second, but um overall I, there wasn't anything like that all right let's go to free agency and get into some stuff here there's a lot to cover here we're going to predict the location for many free agents as we uh look at some things here but we will start with a big move that happened today uh shockingly alex ovechkin re-signs with the capitals <laughs> five years 9.5 million what do you think about this contract and will he reach gretzky's record <laughs> expected i mean this is expected he's not going anywhere else uh, I think I think he's going to hit Gretzky's record at, because the thing is, is these five years, he's going to be at a high level. This guy doesn't slow down. He doesn't stop scoring. So I think he's going to definitely hit that and uh, potentially more. All right, let's start with the first prediction. Gabriel Landeskog, there's been a lot of talk about him possibly hitting the market. It sounds like they're making one last run. The Avalanche trying to get a contract done with him. Um, there's reportedly a seven-year, $7 million per year contract on the table. Uh, what do you think happens with Landis Cog? Um, I'm going to I'm, I'm gonna say he's he's going to re-sign with the Avs. They, they just – he's a captain. Uh, he's a big – he's a big name there. I, I feel like it would be detrimental to the Avs to let him go. If he does enter the market, I think he's probably still going to re-sign with the Avalanche. It'll just be – a little later, but um, ultimately I think he's going to be there, but if it, you know, the unexpected does happen, I think the Seattle Kraken are going to take a huge swing at him, but uh, I think he's just going to ultimately be with the Avs. I agree. He will resign with the Avalanche. I think seven, seven years, seven mil pers on the table. I think it's going to be seven years, 7.5. I think that he'll take a little bit more money to take seven years instead of eight. Um, but we'll see if he, like you said, if he does at the market, I still think, the Avs will find a way to get this done. It's it's it is so hard to try to replace him on that line with uh, Rantanen and McKinnon. Yeah. I just don't think it can happen. So I think he'll resign. Uh, Tyson Berry, who quietly had a ton of points last year, what do you think happens with him? Well, I think I think there's going to be a big chance that he probably will resign with the Oilers, and because the Oilers just don't have much defense. I mean, yes, they got Duncan Keith. I don't feel like he's the same player anymore. Um, pro- problem is, I think the Oilers are gonna, just going to overpay for Barry just because of his points. I don't think he was the best defensively, but uh, I think he's still going to be uh, end up with the Oilers again. Yeah, I agree. I think that the problem that I see with the Oilers is this, and there's many problems. And Kenny Holl- uh, <laughs> Ken Holland has done some very questionable things in this offseason, but their right side defenseman, if you look at Bear. Barry and Bouchard they all start with the letter B which is surprising they're all virtually the same type of player they're all offensive defensemen who don't provide a ton defensively and I think that might be a bit of an issue but when you have a guy like Barry who you know 
scored had as many points as he did last year, I think they have to resign him. I think they will. I say four years, six point five million per year. I think it'll be a little less than that, but I'm going to guess six point five. Uh, Dougie Hamilton, he's going to get the biggest contract, I think, on the open market. And I think the worst kept secret is that he's going to end up with the New Jersey Devils. And I project seven years, eight mil per. Probably could be more than that, but I think the Devils. Like many insiders have said, Friedman said it. I believe Bob McKenzie said it. Pierre Lebrun's probably said it. The Devils are looking to make a big splash, and I think Dougie Hamilton is the one. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, they better hope it works out better than the P.K. Subban one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I see Dougie Hamilton probably going to the Devils, and I could have seen him going to the Seattle Kraken as well because there were talk about was talk about that. But there's been so much about the Devils, I'm not going to predict anywhere else because – that's probably where he's going to end up. All right. Mike Hoffman struggled in the blue system as someone who watched it closely. They didn't use him properly for half the season. I think he goes elsewhere. Um, what do you think happens with Mike Hoffman? Who do you think uh, brings him in? I, I kind of see him returning to the Florida Panthers actually. And I mean, the Panthers need some more scoring. I mean, they did draft a few guys, but they're not going to play this year, obviously. Um, and Hoffman did, did play really well there for a number of seasons. I think uh, it'd be good for him to go back. I don't know if the Panthers are looking at him at all, but I'm going to say the Panthers. I'm going to say that the talks that happened uh, last off season are going to be revisited. I think Montreal brings him in. Um, I'm going to say three years, 5.5. I don't know if it's actually going to be three years, but I think he makes a lot of sense there. Uh, He'll replace the offensive uh, Tomas Tatar, who's likely on the way out. I think he could fit on a line with just about any of the top six group that they have there. I think that would make a lot of sense for him to go to Montreal. Uh, This one shouldn't take much time. Zach Hyman to the Oilers. I mean, that's pretty much a done deal. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And he's not going to overpay him. And they're going to overturn him as well. He's going to get overturn him, overpay him crazy crap. That's and they're going to regret it. Like a few years down the road, he's a good player. Like I, I mentioned it before, he's a good player, but, I don't think he's worth that money, um, but uh, they'll do what they do. Yeah, I mean, that's just – it's it's the worst-kept secret right now going into free agency, no doubt. Uh, we did have a couple of re-signings to mention as we keep going. Alec Martinez looks like he's going to re-sign in Vegas three years, five mil per. And David Krejci, we don't know the number yet, but shockingly returning to Boston uh, to continue – to have pretty much the perfect number one, number two center position uh, with Bergeron and crazy. So that makes a lot of sense. So I'm assuming he'll play with Taylor all once again. Uh, uh, speaking of a guy that I talked about, let's go to Tomas Tatar, who is clearly on his way out of Montreal. What do you think happens with him? Yeah. Tatar is a, yeah, basically done Montreal. I, he's going to be an interesting one to kind of go in free agency because there's a lot of, a lot of teams that may be looking at him. Um, but like, I think you're looking at teams that have a lot of cap space and need scoring and you're looking at potentially maybe the Detroit Red Wings, um, Seattle Kraken, there are two teams I'm kind of looking at there. Um, but yeah, I would say the Kraken because they're, they need the scoring. They didn't really uh, get a lot of good forwards in the expansion draft. So they're going to be definitely dipping into free agency. Um, and Tatar could be a good fit there too. Yeah, I'm going to say uh, Seattle as well for Tatar. Uh, four years, five mil per is around the range that I would say he'll get. Maybe a little less, but he's pretty much an offensive, you know, one-sided offense is pretty much all he does. So, uh, like you said, they need a little bit of scoring punch. They didn't get much of it. You know, you look at some of the forwards that they took. Eberle can score. 
Tanev is like a grinder, you know. Uh, he does have some talent there for sure. But, uh, yeah, I think Tatar would be a good fit there. Blake Coleman, he's been talking about a lot. He's going to get, I think, similar to Hyman, he's going to get too much term and too much money. Uh, what do you think happens with Blake Coleman? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say that I mean, the Kraken could look at him, but the way that seems like Ron Francis is looking at, he's not going to be signing these crazy contracts to, to players, and Coleman's going to definitely want that. Uh, I see Coleman still going to a contender, though. And, uh, you know, looking at teams that could sign him, you're looking at, you know, in Vegas just dumped a bunch of salary with Flurry. Um, they could be looking at a guy like that because of how he's played in the playoffs. And there's going to be teams that just are looking for that extra push to push him over the top. And I think Coleman's going to go to one of those teams. I think that Ottawa is going to sign him. I think that they're going to be a team that just gives him too much term and too much money. I know Elliot Friedman said that he predicted that Blake Coleman will get six years and five mil per. I'm going to say six years, 5.25 in Ottawa for uh, Blake Coleman. Let's go to Alexander Winberg, who had a solid season last year for Florida. What do you think happens with him? Well, he had, yeah, he had a really good season in Florida. And uh, the thing is, I think a team's going to overpay him because of his production that he did in the, the small amount of games. Um, you know, he is a talented forward. He kind of reinve- rejuvenated himself going to Florida rather than, you know, getting coming out of Columbus. Um, I think a team that needs some scoring. Um, I mean, there's teams that that could need a centerman like that and, and some scoring. I think Nashville could be a team that, especially when they've, I mean, they still have some big contracts. They were probably hoping the Kraken would take one of them away, but I think Wenberg could work uh, work there. Yeah, I think that that would make sense. Um, I'm going to say that the Sharks pick him up. I uh, read a piece on the HockeyWriters.com where we both contribute i didn't i don't remember who wrote it but it's just talking about how the sharks need a third line center i think he would fit their three years 3.75 range is my prediction on that one uh three other re-signings or one player signing two other re-signings uh, you had keith yano being bought out signs with the flyers one year 900k with a no trade clause that makes a ton of sense he's played for vino in the past we know um that you know him and kevin hayes are close he fits in on that uh, remolding of the defense. Uh, Paul Stastny re-signs one year, 3.75 mil with the Jets. And then Mike Riley just re-signed uh, with the Bruins, three years, three mil per an absolute steal, in my opinion. Uh, Mikel Granlund, uh, where do you think he ends up? Well, I mean, the Predators kind of are looking, I'm going to say that probably he's probably going to stay with the Preds. I mean, he hasn't really hit the same expectations when he came over. But I think he did play a pretty good season this past season. I think he's just going to try to continue it there. I agree. He will re-sign with the Predators. Uh, two years, 3.95, little bump for him. Uh, Nick Benino, where do you think he ends up uh, on the free agent market? Yeah, Benino's an interesting one. I think uh, there's a, another guy that's going to go to a team that needs that extra push. And uh, I agree with you when you say with the, you know, talking about the Penguins and, you know, looking at Nick Benino with the Pens, and he had a lot of success there. Uh, being on the HBK line, there's not those players aren't there anymore, but uh, I think he could fit in there again. Uh, yeah, I like like you said, I did um, predict that as well. Uh, you know, I think that 
they want the Flurry reunion in Pittsburgh. That's not going to happen, but you could have the Bonino reunion, and I think that that would make a lot of sense to bring him in on a small deal. Uh, still an effective defensive forward and still has a little bit of offense there as well. I think that would make a lot of sense. Now, all signs pointing to Philip Deneau signing in Vegas. Uh, six year, 6.5 is the projection. Not done. Not a lot of insiders have said much about it, but it seems like things are going that way. Uh, do you th- agree with that? Do you think that Deneau ends up signing in Vegas? Yeah, I think so. I mean, Deneau's kind of, he's kind of become that prototypical two-way matchup type center that can score. I think he's invented himself. Reinvent, I don't know reinvented is the word, but he, he's become that type of uh, type of key center. And it just kind of put it at the forefront in the playoffs. I mean, he, he was basically that shutdown. He was matched up against all the top players. And I think Vegas uh, is looking at him as that and saw him a lot. Uh, or I didn't see him a lot. I mean, I saw, they did see him on the playoffs, but, We'll see how that all goes on. He's going to be overpaid, I mean, I think, in the end. But uh, he's going to be effective uh, wherever he goes. Yeah, Vegas, they just make the most like weird, unexpected moves. And I think they're doing it again here if that does come to fruition. Um, let's go now to uh, – let me just get this in. I just saw a tweet from Ryan Kennedy at the Hockey News. Um, Buffalo's ask for Jack Eichel is – from Vegas, Riley Smith, Peyton Krebs, Nick Haig, and a first-rounder. What is your thought on that? Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think Vegas should do that. I think I think it, that, that's not crazy. It's I mean, not. it's not a crazy ask, actually. Um, you know, I, I would do it. I mean, that that's one that, that doesn't seem out, out of the ballpark to me. Yeah, I think, like, you look at that, like, Riley Smith is a guy that was probably going to get traded this offseason, at least him or March or so. Uh, Krebs is a prospect. They clearly don't have that big of a problem with trading first-round picks. Cody Glass got traded, so. Yeah. Um, and they did bring in Nolan Patrick, who I think could fit there. I think that that would work. And Nick Higgs, I like him a lot on the back end. I like big size, big defenseman. I like him a lot, but when it's Jack Eichel and it's a first rounder, it's going to be a late first rounder. If that's actually the asking price, I don't know how Vegas doesn't do it, but it's just a report. So you never know. I think there might be more than that, but uh, let's go now to Brandon Saad, who's uh, going to be a very sought after winger on the free agent market. Where do you think he ends up? Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's going back to Colorado because he played so well there and he's going to probably ask quite a bit of money on that. But uh, I see, I see him going to a California team. Um, I'm going to say the San Jose Sharks because I think the Sharks need, they need something to kind of turn that team around. And Saad has that veteran leadership. He can still score. Uh, I think he could fit in uh, with the Sharks. Yeah, I'm going to say the uh, Los Angeles Kings, a team that I've stuck with the entire time in this situation. Uh, They've been looking to add two top six forwards. They got Arvidsson in the fold. I think Saad would fit well there on a wing. Uh, Let's go to Matias Yanmark. Where does he sign? Yeah, Yanmark. he was played played pretty well in Vegas there for a bit when he's traded there. I don't think he's going back, especially with a few signings that have been rumored for Vegas. I think he's going to go to uh, – I'm going to say the Calgary Flames on this one because the Flames need some more scoring. They need to get some depth uh, at the center ice position winger. I mean, Yanomar can play both positions, and he won't probably demand a lot of money. I think the Flames would be a good fit. I am going to – I'm going to say that the uh, 
Oilers get Yanmark, a solid third-line center for them if they want, or on the wing. I don't think his deal will be that expensive. You look at kind of his his analytics overall last season and his numbers not as uh, good as they probably should have been with a player of his talent. And, you know, we'll see uh, what happens with him. Uh, let's go to Galagoski, defenseman from Arizona on the market now. What do you think happens with Alex Galagoski? Yeah, Galagoski's going to get a get a he can't demand a lot of money. I think it's going to be a team that's going to need some just some defensive depth and cheap defensive depth. I I know the, as much as the Lightning need uh, need a lot of uh, cap space, I think they're going to be looking at those deals to fill out their defense. And uh, I think Galagoski could fit in as a uh, you know replacement for Bogosian there. I'm going to say the Islanders pick up uh, Golagoski. I think that they're looking for a defenseman like that, and I think he fits the mold there. Uh, let's go to Corey Perry. Uh, yeah, Perry's uh, interesting. I think I think he resigns in Montreal. He loved loved it there. Uh, there's been talk. I don't know if it's legit rumors, but it's kind of just talk around that Getzlaff could be reunited with Perry uh, in Montreal there. Um, we'll see. That'd be kind of cool to happen. I, I'm going to say Perry's going to resign in Montreal. I think he'll go to the team that beat the halves in the Stanley Cup final, the Lightning. I think they're looking for a player like that. They assume if he hits the market, they'll be interested. I think that, that could happen. I'll say two years, two mil will be my guess. Could be less, but I, don't, I think he wants more than league minimum for sure. Uh, Kyle Palmieri sounds like he's going to re-sign with the Islanders. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I think so. He'd fit in pretty well there, and uh, I think the Isles are, were happy with what he did. I think he's going to go back, yeah. Also, all signs pointing to Jaden Schwartz signing with the Seattle Kraken. Do you agree with that one as well? Yeah, again, the Kraken needs some some scoring, and Schwartz is still relatively young, uh, and he can still score. So I think I think the Kraken is a definite fit for that guy. Eric Howla, who has had a weird career and a weird last few seasons, uh, center. Where do you think he ends up on the market? I like him for the Canucks, actually. And, uh, I mean, there's a lot of – with Beagle gone, and they need a centerman that can win faceoffs and play that uh, two-way role. I don't know if Hollow's going to want to play a fourth-line center role, but I think he'd be a good fit in Vancouver. Last one before we get into some quick ones that uh, are, you know, interesting older players in the market. Jake McCabe, uh, when he played for the Sabres, you look at his advanced numbers, I mean, he was – as good as just about any defenseman in the league when he was playing. So I think he's going to be a player that a team gets on a steal of a deal with the way that he plays. I'm going to say the devils get Jake McCabe. I think they're going to add to the defense with Dougie Hamilton and they can get McCabe on like a four by four, a little more uh, deal. What do you think about McCabe? I was going to say the Winnipeg jets, but now they've got Nate Schmidt and they got Brendan Dillon. I don't think they're going to need a lot more defense now. I, so I'm going to say that he's, probably going to go i don't say he's going to go to the uh, i don't say the anaheim ducks um because the ducks need uh they need some defense they need actually they need everything but um yeah. <laughs> i think mccabe could provide that uh a good you know solid defense for them uh for a team that's kind of rebuilding i don't know if mccabe's gonna want to go to a rebuilding team but uh, i'm gonna say the ducks all right, Nick Foligno, all signs point to him joining his brother in Minnesota. Your thoughts? Yeah, that that's good fit for him. I think uh, it didn't really work out in Toronto. Um, I think he would fit in a, a lot with the Wild. 
Brandon Montour, an interesting one here. A right shot defenseman was traded from Buffalo to Florida. Uh, what do you suspect happens with Montour? Well, now that Schmidt's gone uh, from the Canucks, the Canucks need some defense and uh, right side defense. So Montour would be a good, I think, a good look for the Canucks and uh, probably play a pretty good role with uh, either Hughes or Rathbone. So I'm going to go Montour to the Canucks for that. I'm going to go with a weird fit, and I'm just going to say a team in the central gets him. I don't know which one. I think Nashville could do it. I think, you know, if Dallas doesn't end up getting Suter, even if they did, I think they could do it. Um, maybe Chicago does it, adding to the right side with Seth Jones there. Um, I don't know. I'm just going to say that a team in the central gets him. Uh, Cody Cece, who played – pretty well last season uh what do you think happens with him yeah i'm not sure about cc i mean he's kind of a up and down defenseman to me i mean he he looks good sometimes and he looks like a horrible guy you don't even want in your team so it's uh, i think he goes to a team like maybe the coyotes um because they're going to need some again they're going to need defense now that Ackman larson's gone they're going to need they're going to need defense in general so i think cc could be a guy they look at I'm going to say he goes to the Canucks. I think that he'll add to the right side defense, and instead of Montreal, he'll get CC. We'll see if that happens, but just a guess. Uh, got another Tyler Myers. Yeah. Up I and mean, down defensively. I you got to add to the blue line somehow. Uh, Tyler Bozak, do you think he re-signs in St. Louis? Now, the Blues have an offer on the table. I know that for a fact. Whether he signs it remains to be seen, but it makes a lot of sense for him to stay. What do you think? Yeah, I think he stays. I mean, he's fit in pretty good there and uh, probably a lesser deal. But uh, I think, yeah, Bozak stays. All right, rounding out the skaters portion, uh, Ryan Murray, we will not predict because that's impossible. Who knows where he's going to end up? He could end up back with New Jersey. Who knows? Uh, Marcus Johansson, who knows what happens with him? A solid, uh, you know, third line center or wing, wherever you want to put him. Uh, Ryan Suter sure sounds like the stars are going to get him four years, mid to high range, three mil uh, per year. Do you think Suter ends up with the stars or does this go elsewhere? Yeah, it really sounds like he's probably going to go with the stars. There's a lot of interest in him, obviously. I mean, he was bought out, but he's still a very solid defenseman. He still can play those 25, 30 minutes, it seems. And uh, he's going to be a solid fit anywhere. And the stars would be a perfect fit, I think. Uh, for him. Zach Parisi, Islanders or another team? Yeah, Parisi, I think probably Islanders. I think, uh, again, veteran guy that can score still. Um, kind of has some problems with the injuries, but uh, I think the Islanders are probably a good fit there. And about 30 seconds after we were talking about him, Brandon Monster just signed a three-year extension with Florida. So <laughs> there, there that goes thought. that. Yeah, <laughs> that was quick uh, how that happened, but it is what it is, I suppose. Uh, Ryan Getzlaff, is he going to leave the Ducks? And if he does, where does he go? Well, it's sounding like he's leaving the Ducks. I mean, again, he could be another guy that just circles back and comes back with the, with them. And same thing with Alex Edler. I think Edler's going to ultimately come back to the Canucks. Um, they just need to – now they've cleared, they've cleared salary. I mean, we're not talking about Edler, but just a quick thing. I mean, they've cleared salary in, in uh, Schmidt, so they could re-sign him to a lower deal. Uh, back to Getzlav, I think, I think he does leave. Um, there is a lot of talk about the Oilers being uh, being someone that's going to go hard after him. I could definitely see Getzlav signing in Edmonton. 
I agree. I think Edmonton's the team. I think Boston is a team to look for if it goes elsewhere. All right, let's get to the goaltending market. Philip Grubauer. Sounds like he's asking for a lot. What do you think happens with him? Yeah, Grubauer is going to be – and I'm going to go right to the – right to the team that needs goaltending that just got rid of their youngest goaltender in Nedeljkovic. Um, the Carolina Hurricanes need a starting goaltender. And um, Grubauer is definitely a guy that they're probably going to be looking at. So I'm going to save the Hurricanes. It sure sounds like to me that Carolina doesn't want to pay a goaltender, but I think at the end of the day, they're going to pony up for the guy that they like. And I think Grubauer will be that guy. All right. Tuka Rask re-signing with the Bruins. It's got to happen, right? Oh, geez. I mean, I don't know who else they they could get. Uh, Rask is a Bruin. He's, I don't think he's going anywhere else. If he does go somewhere else, it's to retirement. So uh, I think he resigns with the Bruins. Be kind of hilarious if he ended up with the Leafs, but that won't happen. <laughs> uh, speaking of a Leafs goaltender, Frederick Anderson, what do you think happens with him? Well, he's not going back to the Maple Leafs. It's kind of talked about already that he's not going back there. Um, again, going to another team that just needs goaltending. And they did re-sign Mike Smith. Uh, I mean, he's not a starter. I mean, I don't think he's a – he's maybe a spot starter sometimes for a contending team, but he's definitely not that primary guy you want playing a lot. I think Freddie Anderson still has a lot in the tank. I think the Oilers are a good fit there. I agree. Oilers, uh, him and Smith, a lot better than Koskinen and Smith for oh, yeah. sure. Um, let's do a few more goaltenders here. Yaro Halak sure sounds like the Canucks are going to pick him up. What do you think? Yeah, that's where the signs are pointing. And uh, a lot of people are kind of against it, maybe a little bit. They're saying we get rid of Holtby to sign Halak to a similar deal. Um, I think Halak's a better fit as a backup than Holtby. I think Holtby was still too, too set on being a starter. Um, Halak's been used to being behind a guy that plays a lot in Rask. And I think he's a good veteran goaltender that can even take over the crease and, and you know, Demko, God forbid, gets injured. I think Halak's a good fit in Vancouver at uh, a lower amount. I think he's not going to sign to the same as what Holtby signed to. I think he's going to be under three uh, million. And uh, I think he'd be a good fit before uh, DiPietro comes up. All right. Jonathan Bernier, um, his rights were with the Carolina Hurricanes after that trade. It sure sounds like they're not going to work out a deal. Uh, where do you think he ends up? Yeah, I, I kind of thought that Bernier would be just in Carolina. I think he still ends up being there. I think he's just going to be a backup. But uh, I think the Hurricanes are going to get something done with him. I agree. That trade would just look even worse if they didn't get that deal done. Um, Peter Morazic, speaking of another Carolina goaltender, I think he's on the way out. Where do you think he ends up? Yeah, Morazic's an interesting case. I think uh, maybe going back to the Red Wings, I know they got Nedeljkovic now. But they're still going to need a good uh, a good number two. I think Morazic could Detroit could circle back to him because they really liked him when he was in Detroit. I think he's gonna he may end up there. I think the Leafs will be a team that tries to get Morazic. Um, I think I could see that happening. Uh, then the last one, Linus Olmark, likely to hit the market. I still think he signs with Buffalo. I think they give him too much money to the point where he has to sign it. What do you think about Olmark? Yeah, Olmark, uh, I think the Sabres should be looking elsewhere for their goaltending, but uh, I think they're just going to stick with the guy they know and uh, probably pay him too much. But, uh, yeah, I think the Sabres. All right, let's do a couple more things before we're done here. Um, You know, just looking at possible trades, do you think Jack Eichel gets moved? And if so, where do you think he ends up? 
I think Icola does get moved now that, that kind of talk has been for Vegas. If that's the ask, I think that goes. It, I mean, Vegas says yes to it. And uh, I mean, Buffalo says, um, yeah, Vegas would say yes to it. So, I mean, I think if he does get moved, it's to uh, the Golden Knights. And uh, unfortunately, we have to, I'd have to deal with Eichel in Vancouver, but uh, I think that's probably what will happen. Yeah, I think Vegas would be the team uh, elsewhere. I think the Ducks could still circle back. I think the Rangers are always going to be somewhat of a player in the background. Uh, you know, the LA Kings, probably too much being asked for there. Because I, I think, I just think that it comes down to the Vegas Golden Knights are much more comfortable giving up first round picks than Anaheim or LA or even the Rangers would be because they're just in such of a, such of a, you know, bigger position, more position likely to win. So um, I think that that would make sense. Tarasenko, I don't know if he's going to be traded at this point. It's been quite a while since we know this has been happening. You figured he would have been traded by now. If he does get traded, I think Devils or Islanders would be two teams that would be likely, but do you see anybody else possibly jumping in there? I think uh, I keep going back to the Kraken, but I, I think the Kraken, even though they didn't pick him in the in the expansion draft, uh, may look at some kind of deal. But uh, yeah, I think the Devils and Islanders are probably the more likely uh, two, especially because they're they've been talked about, and usually the ones that are talked about are the ones that kind of get it done. So I'm going to say it's probably going to be one of them in the end if he does get traded at all. All right, a couple more things. Adam Henrique trade being worked on by the Ducks. Got three years, $5.825 million cap hit left. I don't think anybody wants that cap hit unless it's retained salary um, for sure. And then the Coyotes are still talking with teams about Darcy Kemper and Christian Dvorak. I think both of those guys are moved. I think Kemper's for sure being moved. I don't know where, but the goaltender market's going to move a lot. Everything's going to change tomorrow with the goaltending market for sure. Let's get out of here after this Twitter question here. We have from at Canucks Sam asking a Canucks question for you. Uh, do you think the Canucks will go all out for Max Domi or do you think he's too far of a reach? Before you get to your answer, I just want to say as someone who looks at the Canucks from afar, um, I would say there's a 0% chance of this happening, correct? Zero. I, now that the Connor Garland uh, re-signing, uh, you know, I don't think Domi kind of fits in at all. And he's too much money. I mean, I could have thought of it earlier, maybe a week ago, that it could have been something. But he's not going to play for like half this season. And uh, and he's still in that expiring deal. I, I don't think he works out. He works here. I, you know, the Gar- basically that could cancel it out once Connor Garland was re-signed. And uh, the Canucks are pretty much full uh, on the forward front right now. Yeah, I, I just think that, you know, you got to focus on Pedersen and Hughes and getting those deals done uh, for sure. So, yeah, all right, Matthew. Salary. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, they you know, you got to do what you got to do. And you got that Ekim Larson contract now. So, lots of cap shuffling. We'll see how much longer Jim Benning lasts. Or I think this season's kind of going to be the uh, one way or the other. If they don't perform well, he's done, you'd think. And if he does, he still could be done, I suppose. But, um, all right, Matthew, thank you for joining me for this. As always, you can follow Matt Matthews Ader SC on Twitter, Canucks Bucks podcast, uh, head of prospects, NHL draft, Canucks lead writer for the hockeywriters.com. Matthew, we will circle back to this, I guess, you know, sometime throughout the offseason to talk about what transpired and predicting next season. And uh, thank you for joining me as always. Yeah, it's, a, it's been a crazy week, so it's uh, happy to talk about it. Lots to happen tomorrow for sure.